Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. John Hoover joins us on 365 Sports with Craig and Paul. I'm David Smoke. John, let's start with the Caden Green deal. Uh, what is the, the bottom line? Is it just better money elsewhere? Is it something different than that? It, boy, that's a sticky one, Smokey. Um, bottom line is there was a, apparently a mass uh, miscommunication. Um, like, I'll put it this way, sounds like his dad and or uncle and or slash family um, told him he was worth more than what he was getting at uh, NIL-wise at Oklahoma. So um, we still don't know if there was the classic quote-unquote tampering where schools or the, or the parents or somebody were negotiating with schools while he was still on scholarship on the OU roster, we don't know. Uh, because everybody's been pretty much radio silent for the last three days, including Brent Venables today, a post-practice interview where he came out and said, hey, guys, how's it going? Good to see you. Glad uh, glad you're coming to practice. Uh, appreciate you being here. I'm not talking about anybody that's not here. Oh. So save, save your questions. So uh, mass communication, uh, miscommunication, I should say, where they agreed in principle to a dollar figure, the school's, uh, NIL Collective said, yeah, we can do that. And then a few hours later, he was spotted by a support staffer pushing his luggage cart down the sidewalk, <laughs> having moved out of the dorm during practice. While the team was practicing, wow. he was pushing his stuff God, to the please. car. And it's like, what are you doing? And he goes, you got to talk to my dad. It's just been a downhill spiral ever since. So, um, how do they? I mean, I know that their offensive line commitments for 2024 and the freshman, which he was, has been gone well the last week. Uh, but how do they replace him uh, in the in the immediate sense? Uh, good question. He was going to start the um, he was going to start the Alamo Bowl, and now they are in terms of uh, starters for 2024. They have they will have zero of the five back. So for the Alamo Bowl, they have two of the five back. Two guys went to the NFL draft. They're already training for the NFL, uh, and then the other one's in the portal. So that's your five starters. Uh, you get back your left tackle, who was a transfer, one a one year transfer from uh, Stanford, and then you get your right guard back, who was a three year three years ago as a three year starter, was a transfer from Cal. So Stanford and Cal are your starting. Offensive line guys for the Alamo Bowl against uh, another Pac-12 team, the uh, the Arizona Wildcats. So, yeah, it's 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 a tangled mess. And Brent was asked that question today, and he said, "Yeah, we're going to roll a a redshirt freshman out. We're going to roll a true freshman out. And we got some other freshmen that had a good good year that haven't played much. Uh, we got a couple of guys that are that are seniors, but yeah, for the most part, it's going to be uh, what can who who's ready to do this. So mix and match." 
Yeah, it'll be kind of a, a Big Twelve passing of the torch. Oklahoma giving uh, Arizona their their Big Twelve torch as they as they head separate directions there. But uh, yeah. John, a lot going on. I mean, Dylan Gabriel making his decision. I guess kind of a, a he'll he'll play into the you know who's not involved now moving forward. But a, a two part question here of. Thoughts on Dylan Gabriel? I know there's a lot of clamoring for Jackson Arnold uh, here uh, over the last several months and just about him being the future, so it wasn't a total shock that he ends up elsewhere, I suppose. But uh, what's also the the feeling around playing in this particular bowl game and playing a team like Arizona? Yeah, the the Jackson Arnold angle is is really easy uh, to to encapsulate and that is that uh, back in on signing day on national signing day and this was in february i believe might have been last december now that i think about it but uh, either way it was jeff levy saying who's no, of course no longer here uh it was jeff levy saying uh jackson arnold is the future of the program he, he will be the face of the program moving forward meanwhile you've got your returning starting quarterback coming back for the 2023 season right yeah in uh, dylan gabriel so that might have made for a little bit of an awkward situation. Probably not, is my guess. But you never know with quarterbacks and when you get egos involved. But, yeah, no no question. Um, Dylan Gabriel came in, and he had three years of eligibility left. And he played two. And I was asking the question, again, last uh, you know signing day. And uh, we had a media, kind of a media day in February to welcome all the new transfers and freshmen and all that. And I asked the question then, and I asked the question again, at Big 12 Media Days, and I'm pretty sure I asked it in August, is Dylan going to come back for his third year of eligibility? And no one ever committed. Huh. You know, we talked to Dylan, we talked to his offensive coordinator, we talked to his quarterback coach, we talked to his head coach. No one ever said, yeah, Dylan is uh, Dylan's definitely coming back, definitely not coming back. No one committed to anything. Well, he wanted a good draft grade, and he didn't get it. So he looked around and he saw Jackson Arnold sitting over there, ready for his time in the spotlight and i think he he graciously bowed out if if that makes sense but to talk to brent venables last week or whenever it was week before last maybe uh for the alamo bowl press conference he said dylan was welcome to stay dylan knows he was welcome to stay and compete what does that tell you yeah yeah says so a lot. starter he's he's come back but he's, he's not going to be anointed the starter because this is jackson arnold's team so Interesting stuff. Now about the Alamo Bowl itself, I think the team is uh, is pretty focused in terms of just you know they, they had their fifth practice today, for instance. Um, they've got a job to do. Everybody's fired up about playing one more game this season, trying to get to eleven wins. That means something in a place like Oklahoma. So uh, the team is pretty focused as much as you can be when guys are jumping into the portal, guys are getting out of the portal to come to Norman. Um, they they landed a verbal commitment today on the offensive line, so hey, maybe they get him eligible real quick. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but essentially, it's it's that's the state of college football now. Is December is just? I mean, they've got two new coaches, or well, one new coach and another new coach with a with a title, old coach with a new title. Uh, they've got some new quarterback coaches that they hired. It's basically a, a I don't know. It's like a festival. It's like a carnival. It's like, well, what do they got going on over here? What do they got going on over there? You know, and everything seems new because uh, that's the state of college football now. You know, John, I read some quotes. Chris Kleiman spoke with the media at K-State. They've had a lot of people hit the portal. Uh, they've had moving parts, including their quarterback. And, yeah, he actually, I believe, one of the quotes from Kelly Robinet was he hasn't even had much chance to think about watching NC State on film 
because he's so busy worrying about keeping his own players or replacing the yeah. ones that are leaving. And I, you, yeah. you wonder how sloppy some of these bowl games might be. Uh, it's it's the curse of the bowl games. I was on an interview a couple of days ago, and the fact of the matter is these bowl games used to mean absolutely nothing. Back when they started in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, they were exhibitions, and nobody really covered them, and the stats didn't count, and the NCAA didn't count them against your win-loss total. They did, you know, you put out your AP poll at the end of December and then went and played your bowl game in January, right? And they didn't matter. And then for about 30 years or 40 years, bowl games were, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. This is one. Look at all these matchups and we're deciding national champions. And now the the bowl games are back to the, the other end of the spectrum again where they don't matter. It's just, it's really bizarre. John, um, with with Dylan Gabriel gone, with I'm sorry, but Dylan Gabriel with Jeff Levy gone, Seth Luttrell steps in as the offensive coordinator. That was something that was like you know that was obviously they had him waiting in the wings as an analyst on the staff. How do you think the system changes under Seth Luttrell, especially coming up for the bowl game here? Yeah, we won't know anything about how it changes for the bowl yeah. game because I think they're going to lean heavily on what Levy established. Um, he was an offensive analyst, like you said. He's been a head coach. Uh, he's been an offensive coordinator and a very successful offensive coordinator in his own right. And he's been around football his whole life. His dad was an All-American fullback at, at Oklahoma. And Seth was a team captain on Bob Stoops' 2000 team. So he is a – when you look up football guy in the in the dictionary, you see, depending on which dictionary it is, you might see Seth Luttrell's picture. He's a football guy. So he's, he's smart enough to know I'm not going to come in here and I'm going to change everything and remake this in my image. He doesn't have any offensive linemen. He's got a new quarterback. So I would suspect that there's going to be a lot of um, carryover from Jeff Levy's offense to Seth Luttrell's. What's going to be interesting, and we're not going to see it in the spring, of course, but what's going to be interesting is to see next year what Seth Luttrell's offense really looks like. That's when we'll get a full, full kind of a full frontal on uh, on what his what the what the Seth Luttrell offensive experience is going to be. John, how much of a surprise, and I suppose a morale boost as well, was the Danny Stutzman final decision? Yeah, it's been something. I tell you, you know, everybody's down about um, Caden Green going to the transfer portal, shockingly, and the way he left. But on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I think it was last uh, Friday. Days are starting to run together. I think it was last Thursday or Friday. Billy Bowman announces that he's coming back. Here's a guy who had six interceptions and, and three pick sixes for the, as a junior this year. He's coming back. And then uh, here you got Monday, I think, it was coming out. Danny Sussman decides, you know what? I know news came out last week that I was uh, headed to the NFL, and he was. He told Brent Venables, Coach, I think I want to go to the NFL, and they tried to talk him out of it, and they eventually did, and they talked to his dad. You look around at the landscape, and it's like all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute. Brent Venable's philosophy and the culture that he's trying to establish and build and the foundation he's trying to lay and the kind of guys he's getting and recruiting, they want to play for him. They don't want to just rush off to the NFL. Billy Bowman said, guys, I'm not the finished product. I'm nowhere near close to being finished, so I need another year of playing for Brent Venables to be the finished product to be ready to go to the NFL. How mature is that for those two yeah. guys? You're two superstars on defense to say, nope, uh, and his dad told me, uh, Sutman's dad told me, he got a very favorable NFL draft grade from the College Advisory Committee, meaning he said, he told me these words, if anybody else would have gotten that draft grade, they'd go to the pros. They'd be gone right now. Hmm. But Danny's coming back. 
So he didn't really tell me what the draft grade was, but to take his word for it, that's a pretty impressive thing. And then today you see, or well, I guess yesterday and today, you see two defensive tackles, Jacob Lacey, the transfer from Notre Dame, and Dejon Terry, the transfer from Tennessee. Both those guys had the opportunity to go to the NFL. Both those guys decided I want to come back and play my senior year of eligibility for Oklahoma. So something's going on there where guys are wanting to come back. Pretty good news. Last thing, John, the uh, SEC, for me, SEC schedule was released, and Oklahoma now yeah. knows who they have. And overall, your thoughts about what they've been given? 11-1, and one, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I think 11-1 and one is going to be a hard one. Yeah, a little um, tough. I, I, I made my um, – I made my prediction uh, at, at eight and four. How's that sound? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge for Oklahoma for sure to step up because you look at the schedule, um, and it it goes. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's daunting, of course, because it's it's uh, the SEC, and you you guys have seen the quality of the Big Twelve. You know, when when a team you know kind of grows up and gets into the Big Twelve, you've seen TCU do it. Gary Patterson struggled for a couple of years, right, uh, before he got it rolling. Um, and, and, you know, anytime, you know, West Virginia stepped up and they struggled for a little bit as well. Oklahoma, guys, they're stepping up. They're going into a conference that week to week to week. I mean, they play Missouri, Alabama, and LSU in the last four weeks of the season. Uh, good luck with that because that's – you don't get you don't get any. They talk about no off days, no easy days. That's the SEC. That's, I should say that's the top of the SEC. I'm not going to jump in and say the SEC is tough every week. Mm-hmm. Everything's tough every week. Nothing's easy, but the SEC does have its off weeks. The SEC does have its softer schedule. And but to finish three weeks or three of the last four weeks to finish with that finish at Missouri, um, at Alabama at home, and then at LSU. Oklahoma's going to find out real quick how how ready they how SEC ready they are, and I think Texas will too. I think Texas has had a successful season and they've played great football this year. There's no doubt. But when you get into the SEC and you start playing those teams like that every week or every other week, you don't just play one Texas anymore, right? You play four or five Texases every uh, every season. So that's going to be a real challenge for Oklahoma and Texas. John, great stuff. I know it's been a crazy busy week, and it won't get any better. It will continue to be that way as long as the NIL transfer portal. National Signing Day, and then, yeah. and then again, bowl games. Thank you for your time, the insight on the Caden Green story, and much more. We appreciate it. All right. Good for Thank business. You. I know that. Yeah. John Uber. This has been a Rogue Media Network. Oh, shit.